0: Welcome to the DrDavidMarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr David Marlin and along with a great team of experts I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts we will discuss science-led research, technology, information and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses go to our website www.drdavidmarlin.com and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry.
1: Hello and welcome to this presentation on microcurrent therapy. My name is Dr. Gillian Tabor. I'm a chartered physiotherapist and I specialize in the treatment and the rehabilitation of horses. So I've pulled this topic out of a longer presentation that I did about therapeutic devices. And the reason for that is that There is a lot of talk about microcurrent and its use in horses and a lot of questions that have come up within our members Facebook group. And so I thought it'd be really useful to just to delve into the research and have a little resource for you to go directly into the topic. So let's talk about microcurrent. (laughs) In the bigger scheme of things, there is a lot of products that are available out there. Um, we've got some uh, electrotherapy devices we've got massage devices and we've got training devices and various gadgets and things that are promising amazing outcomes they're suggesting that actually you can fix this and fix that and help your horse and make them more comfortable Um, and we are all out there to try and improve things for our horse. So, when you see marketing, you know, a web page or a, an advert that comes up to say that it will uh, reduce back pain, for instance, or improve recovery, perhaps reduce inflammation, uh, heal tendon injuries, you know, everything like that, we are going to be uh, swayed towards the bias that these might be uh, a possible use of a possible tool for us to invest in however there is unfortunately a very little research into a lot of these devices that are out there and some of the claims are actually ridiculous there's no plausible reason for some of the effects that they are giving uh, this isn't just about microcurrent but uh, a lot of the products that are out there and it was explained to me that if you are suggesting something that actually can't be proved by science then that is pseudoscience so this idea that there's a chocolate teapot orbiting the earth it cannot be proven or it cannot be disproven so it's pseudoscience but because it can't be disproven, um, you know, there's still the hypothesis out that there is a chocolate teapot out there. And I think that that's some of the problem with these devices. People that aren't aware of how research works are making these claims. You know, maybe they're, they've invested a lot of money in uh, a product and they're trying to sell it. Uh, and they will, you know, they'll tug at our heartstrings somewhat to try and um, improve our belief in their system, whatever that is. So let's have a look at what research there is out there for microcurrent and then why or why not you might want to buy one of the units. So, what is it? So, it's very low powered electrical stimulation you can't actually feel it so it's imperceptible um the uh, the the current is placed upon you through electrodes or through um contact with something that is metal and it can be uh so, so small that i'll show you some examples that are just millimeters across but they can also be these bigger electrodes that you see that are made out of a sort of rubbery substance The current has to conduct from whatever it is coming out of into our skin as well, which is something that is a little bit tricky. So in higher powered electrotherapy devices, we can feel it. So if you've had a TENS machine on or you've had muscle stimulation, you'll know that you can feel that tingling with pins and needles because the sensory nerves are stimulated before the motor nerves, which create the contraction. But with microcurrent, it is so low that it's uh, it's not perceived by that sensory system and why you know why might this plausibly actually uh help horses or or help any uh human any human any any animal uh, including humans uh well the idea is that in our bodies we have electricity and we know that we know that nerves depolarize we've got a change of the polarity on the inside and outside of them um which propagates the conduction of the signal down the neuron and also in all of our cells we have what's called a uh, a battery in fact that there is sort of storage of energy and there is this difference in the current between the inside and the outside so if we've got a current going across the skin then we can think about this as moving these ions that are either positive or negative and then that changes how these cells respond and we do know that in a sort of tissues that are inflamed this system of electricity is impaired somewhat so we end up with uh, um, altered tissue um, so cellular metabolism uh, and tissue activity so then you might not get healing as you want it so in theory applying fields and currents that replicates this normal um, battery this normal electricity that we have in our body could be used to stimulate Tissue healing. So, in principle, that sounds really good. So, here's a little bit of a picture off Wikipedia, of course, that shows these flow of the ions in and out of the cell. So, if we apply a current to the cell, then hopefully we are restoring some of this transport between the inside and the outside of the cell, which is going to help um, the cell metabolism and this recovery and the healing. So when we think about uh, microcurrents specifically, I did just mention muscle stim, which have a higher intensity of current. The idea with the microcurrent therapy is that these low voltages and currents are similar to those that we have in our body. So this is a paper here, it's a review paper that talked about the proposed mechanisms. So it increases at Adenosine triphosphate, ATP, which is our sort of fuel within our cells. It promotes amino acid uptake, which is going to be helpful for cellular repair and recovery. Uh, Amino acids come from proteins, of course, and also thinking about protein synthesis um, within fibroblasts. So we need fibroblasts to help heal um, because they produce the collagen, which then goes into ligaments and tendons um, and also um, into bones uh, as well and all connective tissues. So this paper it was very pro the use of um, microcurrent. So Long, long time ago, microcurrents were really uh, much more common in humans and they would be put onto bones that were said to be uh, non-healing, um, where you had non-union. And what would happen is that the, this low frequency current would be applied across the bone for months and months and months and would be on for uh, hours of hours of the day. Um, And the idea being that it would stimulate the healing. And we do have some evidence for that. But what's interesting is that they're not used routinely in current practice. Um, It might be something that's now thinking, you know, complementary or maybe even alternative if you've got bony uh, non-union. But it's not something that's used in the NHS in the UK. Oh, another picture here. But um, this is talking about skin wounds. Um, The top is a healthy skin and we can see the chloride going out. Um, And the potassium and sodium coming in. But when we've got a wound, we've got uh, a change in the potential between the inside and the outside of the skin. And the idea being that, again, this electrical current going across there is going to try and normalize this flow of electrons inside and outside the wounds so there are some research there is some research into skin healing in humans and also we have got an example here of uh, scars on rabbit ears and they said that it was quite useful um but again it has to be applied directly onto the wound bed um, and it's adjunctive treatment to the standard medical care of whatever um you know dressings and um I want to use the word ointments. That's probably not medically correct. Um, I'm trying to think of the correct word while I'm saying this and it's not coming up. But You know what I mean? The creams and the the uh, medicated, um, medicated creams that go on. Um, But yes, there there is some examples of microcurrents being useful to help with wounds. There was a study into microcurrent in wound healing in horses, and interestingly, this study was referenced um, by one of the manufacturers of microcurrent units that are sold to humans, but it isn't similar to their device at all. You can see it was basically a plaster that had, as it says here, elemental silver and zinc. Uh, and they were putting a they that was put on the wound uh, and actually helped recover and heal the wound. We've got some reports of studies into microcurrent um, on tendons and other tissues here. So we've got rats uh, and humans. So again, look at these long-term applications, one to 24 hours a day. Um, the rat and rabbit studies say that they could heal, um, but in the human study, there was no supportive evidence for the use of microcurrent in tendon repair um so i put a point here as i mentioned earlier this idea that you can't feel it it's sub sensory so we could quite easily do more research into it but it's not an area that has been studied hugely and it's interesting because relatively um it is inexpensive but um yeah there's not the research to back up its use in tendon tissues in humans A little bit more detail here into a rabbit study and um, there was less inflammatory response uh, and better collagen fibres with those that had the the current across the tissue. But it was on for a very, very long time. And you can see that this is sort of an eight weeks study. Um, So we know we have to think, is this actually uh, feasible and how how replicable is this study into horses when we're comparing it to rabbits that were then immobilized during the treatment. So what about muscle pain? Um, so some of the microcurrent companies talk about using microcurrent for recovery. So you're thinking maybe the, uh, sort of delayed onset muscle soreness post-exercise, And this study here used a a low voltage microcurrent, which was the LVMAS um, and showed that actually there was no difference between the placebos, but there was potentially a a, a short amount of pain relief um, following eccentric exercise. But my thoughts would be actually, if you've done a, a bout of eccentric exercise, or or exercise to a level that you think you might have delayed onset muscle soreness, then that first 24 hours, 48 hours is going to be mainly thinking about recovery. You really wouldn't want to work your horse to the same intensity during that um, stage anyway. And actually, do you need a device that may or may not work when active recovery, such as turnout or walking, um, has been shown to also um, help the recovery of doms as well but this study is in humans and it hasn't been replicated in horses.
0: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter
1: I like this study here. Um, DOMS is induced in the hamstring muscle group. I am glad I wasn't one of the um subjects in that. Um uh, but again, short term, um, help of reduction of pain, but it has to be applied on to the muscle that we're treating. And if we think about the size of the muscles in the horse, would it be possible to actually apply the current through the entire hamstrings in the horse or through the entire middle gluteal in the horse? So there's, you know, some application differences as well between horses and humans, uh, I've got another study here with fibromyalgia and eccentric exercise, um, and they measured uh, the muscle enzymes as well, um, just to show that it did reduce the um, uh, the you know the, the delayed onset muscle soreness is the same um, as the other ones um it's interesting though with fibromyalgia um because there is not just a a physical component to the pain in this there is also the function of the biopsychosocial effect on pain when we're talking about these chronic persistent pain states and it would be interested to know whether that could be teased out of these studies um it wasn't talked about much you know in the research that i'm supplying here um but you know how strong is the placebo effect so what about in horses um so we've got some studies in the lab um we've got some studies in horse legs that were taken post-mortem um and this these group of authors actually looked at the current um where the electrodes were placed And they said that it was different in live tissue into post-mortem tissue, but they also said there was a huge influence of where the electrodes were placed, that the field strength reduced considerably uh, distant to the electrode placement. And bear that in mind for some of the products that are available on the market where they say that you should sort of rotate it through the legs that you're, um, you know, if your target is a tendon injury in the left fore, you could put it one day on the left fore, one on the right fore and one on the hinds. But that is not supported by this research. There's another product that actually shows it going around the girth of the horse, um, so onto a single. Um, And again, um, we know that because the voltage is so, so very low, it does go between the two electrodes, but it will not travel around the body distant to the, the point of application. So it has to be over the area of pain. You also need to have something that allows conductance between the electrodes and the skin. So the treatment duration I've put here, I've pulled off from the websites. Um, the Equipod says up one hour, up to twice a day. Equine has got a three hour program and that is supported by the literature. It's not something that you could put on for 20 minutes once a week. If you're going to use it, you are going to have to have it on for a very long time. We've got this low current And then this current can be delivered in different frequencies, so it can be pulsed. So it can be pulsed in bursts of a different frequency or it can be on a continuous pulse. And there is some suggestion by the manufacturers that these frequencies have a different effect, but they are secretive and you can't find out what they are. Um, And we also don't know from the literature, you know, does 100 hertz have a different effect to 150 hertz or, um, you know, does it matter whether it is in kilohertz range? Uh, We don't actually know the difference because we haven't actually studied it. So it's all very well saying, well, this is the frequency for acute, this is the frequency for chronic, um, but uh, that's a case of more research needed. There's also anecdotal reports of problems uh, underneath the skin, um, especially when you have it on for so long, whether it is the electrogel gel um, or whether it is the current going through there. But people have talked about skin reactions. Um, they've talked about hair loss and also discoloration of the skin so this wording here comes off the website and it says rotate the device by putting it on a different healthy leg but then that negates its effect of being over the target tissue so I would question that Um, a little bit concerning about the you know the the changes to the skin Um, it may be that Um, we have problems with the current actually passing through the skin. Now, we know that when we're looking at other electrotherapy devices, such as laser, uh, we know that dark uh, pigmented skin and thicker skin um, really actually reflects the laser light the photons of light which then generate heat um, which may be a problem now i do not know i've not measured the temperature under microcurrent that might be an interesting thing to do um, but um is it that in dark skin that current is not actually going through the tissue and is um yeah allowing that heat to build up on the skin surface which then Um, causes a breakdown in the skin and damage to the hair. That needs studying, definitely. So here are the devices that are commonly advertised. I'm sure people are familiar with the ARC equine. So um, there's various programs that you can put it on. But a concern for me is that they say you can move it around and put it on different legs. It's also, you know, it is relatively expensive. Um, I know they often have deals on and people sell them secondhand, um, but the difficulty is is if you can't feel them, how do you know that it is actually kicking out the current that it says it's kicking out? You know, the light may come on, it might charge, the battery might work. Um, So if you buy a secondhand unit, then you need some way of actually measuring the current coming out between those electrodes. So you need a, a friendly electrical engineer or send it back to the company to be checked. Then the more recent one on the market is this Equipod, um, but uh, it is more expensive. I know the company are trying to do research. They have actually um, reached out to me to discuss whether it's possible to do some research. Um, so that is always a good sign. Um, but at the moment, the adverts where I see it attached onto a Sersingel, I um, you know I, I can't understand how that could plausibly affect target tissues in terms of recovery of the big bulk of the glutes and the hamstrings or, you know, affect tendon repair. Although, you know, they have leg wraps and things like that. But um, yeah, more research needed. And then there's this other device that is microcurrent that is available on um, the internet. And I was put onto this by uh, Dr. Tim Watson, who is our electrotherapy guru. And look at that. It's 20 pounds. It has up to 250 hours of use. Um, When you plug it in, it uses up the battery power. You can unplug it um, and it, then we'll um, save battery. Uh, Then once it's done, it's done. But you could stick those electrodes either side of a lesion in, say, a a limb. So tendon injury, ligament injury, and put that on. And for £20, I think, you know, that may well have gone up since then but for 20 pounds i think that is something worth giving a go Um, especially as we've got some suggestion that in rabbits and things like that it does help Um, but again it has to be electrodes either side of the lesion you cannot put it on the wrong leg oh just in summary what I can't find which is disappointing uh, is any evidence of the use of it in clinical situations in horses. So there's one on the wounds, but that's that um, sticking plaster with the the zinc in it um, but nothing to do with tendon ligament injuries uh, in healthy horse uh, sorry in unhealthy horses horses with injuries um, or recovery in horses but as ever if I've missed something you know I'm really willing to read it but the research that is cited by some of these um, companies is not directly linked it looks good that they've got a reference list but when you look at those references in detail they don't refer to their particular product used in their particular um, guidelines with same frequencies and voltages and things like that So what's my evaluation? Um, What the pros of it? Well, in theory, there are no side effects um, except for the skin, obviously the the hair coat change and that. So you need to watch out for that. Um, It's pretty easy to apply. You can stick it on and walk away so you can leave it on your horse, which is always a benefit. You don't have to stand there. It's also something that owners can do. Um, I like that because then I'm You know, I I can. Well, I don't actually use it. But in theory, if I was confident about its effect, I would say, yeah, use it because you can carry that on in between physio visits. Um, And, you know, if it does something, then that's quite good. If you can afford it, then, yeah, that's very different. But I wouldn't want somebody to buy that in. You know, in uh, and not spend the time learning about correct management to either not have DOMS or actually manage the recovery of DOMS in terms of um, the exercise and nutrition and hydration and things like that. Um, as a con, it could be a complete waste of time. So if you're having to stand there and hold it because your unit doesn't stick on, um, that is you know, hours wasted when you could be doing something more functional or more useful. And then we've got this r- risk of the skin discoloration and irritation. So I hope that provides you with sort of quite an objective review about what we know and also highlighting what we don't know about microcurrent. Um, I'm sure the research will catch up um or if it doesn't then um yeah that sort of does lead us to believe that perhaps it isn't as great as it is made out in some of the marketing material so as ever look at these things critically and uh let me know your thoughts and if you've got any success stories or not success stories about the use of microcurrent then yeah please do share them thank you very much
0: I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research. All designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.